0: Welcome to the FitCast Book Club. This show is a discussion of the books that we're reading and how we're taking that information and knowledge and applying it to what we do either personally or professionally. I think every single book that we cover on this show is going to be worth picking up, but maybe this discussion will help you decide which way you should go because I know your time is very valuable. Also, there's going to be a wide range of books covered, not just personal development in business, but we're also going to talk about biographies. I think there's a lot that you can learn from incredibly successful people. There's a reason why they got to where they are today. Even psychology. Really, there is no limit to what we can cover on this show. If there's a great book, I want to discuss it. Going forward, I'm also going to post the books that we're going to do on the show with a little bit of lead time. So you can pick them up and then you can participate. I want you to send in what you thought of the book. What were your major take-home points? Do you think other people should pick it up? You can find all that stuff at FitCast.network. There's a FitCast book club tab right at the top. The future book posts will be up there. You can start picking those up and getting ahead so you can submit and participate going forward. This show, like all the other new shows, is going to be finding its footing over the first couple episodes, but... It's really just a discussion. It's what stood out to us and what we really thought of the books. So I hope you enjoy this first episode and make sure that you stay subscribed. If anything, this is going to be the ultimate book list of fantastic resources for yourself personally and professionally. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the very first episode of the FitCast Book Club. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and I'm very excited because not only is it the first episode of a brand new show, not only is there going to be incredible knowledge spread throughout this audio podcast, but also I get to talk to Tony Gentlecore. What's up, Kevin? Tony, you like books,
1: right? Oh, you I you know I am I like to consider myself a, a book nerd for sure. Like I'm I'm usually I'm one of those guys that's reading like 2 to 4 books at a time. You know, so I'll usually be reading like a a fitness book, uh like like behavioral like economics and mm-hmm. like personal development book and I'll be reading something that just like satiates my my geekdom, like you know, whether it's science fiction or you know anything like that? So yes, I I am a bon. Not, I'm not as bona fide as Mark Fisher. Mark Fisher, like he'll brag that he reads like three to four books a week. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I am not that prolific with my reading, but I, I, I yes, I, I I do enjoy reading some books.
0: But this is the. I mean, you you came to mind almost first because you no joke like. An exciting Friday night is sometimes hanging out. with oh, yeah. Noble after going to Whole Foods. Oh,
1: I uh, like my wife and I joke about it, and lo- I have the best wife in the world. But she she knows that I need my Tony time. Tony time, which, uh, which on a, a Friday night might consist of me walking down into my little neighborhood in Boston and hanging out at the bookstore, or you know, doing a little writing on Panera, and uh, you know, just doing cool stuff like that because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a boss, so. <laughs>
0: Wow, uh, <laughs> you know what? As long as you're being honest, and um, no, that's one of the great reasons why you're the perfect person oh, to, well, to be on the you, show. Kevin. So thank you.
1: It's it an you, honor to be uh, the first guest on this particular podcast. So this is awesome.
0: Yeah, you're the first one that reply to the emails as well. So it's like <laughs> it's it's a perfect. Uh, it's so it's a perfect probably stone. your
1: seventh choice, but the first
0: one to respond. Well, <laughs> you know, well, the, you'll see my other choices as they come up in the next two or three episodes. But this is a this is a hard show to do because it. actually actually involves a lot more work, not just on my end, but also the guest end, because you have to kind of come prepared and like read the book. And um, this, if you haven't watched the like announcement video, if you're just tuning into the fir- this for the first time, like the, the whole idea behind it is that in the, in the fitness world, they're really just like in the business world, in the world of successful people, they are usually reading lots of books. Like new mm-hmm. books are always coming out for both personal development or business practices ways to do things better and, and make ourselves better. So instead of just like I kind of snarkingly said is it, like we all kind of just like take pictures of this book or say so like, yeah, I love this book. This book is awesome. Everyone should go get it. But why? Like, why should you why should you check this out? And why why did you think it was so good? Was it just so good because the stuff in it was interesting or were you able to apply that information and actually do something different and and make Your business better, make yourself better, and Mm -hmm. things like that. So that's what this is all about. And the very first book that we're going to be doing for this show is called Smarter, Faster, and Better by Charles Dunnig. Uh, And you might know Charles's work because he also wrote uh, The Power of Habit, which is another awesome book. It's a really, really good book. Um, And that is probably something we might do again down the road, but uh, that. Was was very good, and and this is, this is kind of like a follow up in a lot of ways to to uh, that book, but focusing a little bit more on kind of like what successful people are doing and sharing that information for other people that may not have that information or they may not have those techniques available to them. So, the way that we're going to do this is we're going to be talking about some of the main subjects of the book, and uh, at the end we're going to give it a grade because I think this is it's really important. These books don't just cost time. Excuse me. They don't just cost money. They cost time. So this is a 10 hour audio book. This is, um, something that you may need to really consider before spending that money because you're going to think, all right, well, could I be spending the same 10 hours on something else that I could be using to make myself better? But, um, we'll get into all that in a little bit, but, uh, I picked up the audio book and the Kindle book because I'm crazy. Tony, you just read – did you get the Kindle book or you pick up the paper book?
1: Uh, I read it. I was old school.
0: That's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I just do – I do this and I'll fill you guys in on my, my my techniques here for this show and just for digesting this stuff personally, which is I listen to it uh, through Audible. And then when I get home or like that night – I go through the Kindle book and I copy and paste the stuff that I was listening to. Be like, oh yeah, I want to make sure I put that stuff in like a separate document. And I put it in uh, my notes document on my iPad so I can kind of copy and paste into there. And then for each one of the books that I read, I have like, I don't know, like a thousand page, a thousand word document where it has like all the really important quotes, all the really important techniques or whatever in it. So I can always reference it in the future. And that's what I did for the show. So now I'm just kind of sharing that with everyone else. All right. Uh, what what do you usually do when you digest the stuff, Tony? Do you have like the, the, the highlighter with you? Do you write other stuff down in no, a notebook? No, I, I
1: I have notebooks. Like I, I follow like the, the Dan John approach where yeah. I have like, like endless number of notebooks that just have like random notes. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no discernible like order to uh, where I write it and why I write it. But uh, like I'll have notes of like blog ideas and deadlift cues. And on the next page, it's like notes from a book I just read. So mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes, you know, it's just a matter of me, I'll just randomly flip through random notebooks and be like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Or, um, you know, I don't, I'm weird. I don't, uh, highlight my books as much as I should. Um, but you know, I, I, I retain what I want to retain, <laughs> right. uh, like what I feel is applicable to me and, and like my clients and how I feel I can approach certain things like behavioral things with clients. And, um, you know, that's how I retain stuff, but there's certainly, uh, a lot. I forget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bad ha- I have a bad habit of reading. Well, it's a good habit. I read a lot r- before I go to bed at night, and you know, so I try to not read a book like this before I go to bed mm-hmm. because uh, the likelihood that I'll remember it is slim to none. Because I'll, I'll I'm lucky to last two pages. Yeah, but, same, same here. <laughs> so I try to read more. That's what I mean by like when I'm reading more of the science fiction stuff is more <laughs> before I go to bed, but. Because um, it's pew pew pew,
0: like making yeah. sound <laughs> um, um I, I want to write a book where I can put in those those you know pew 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 in it um, <laughs> and and write that out. Um, yeah, that's always fascinating. That's something I'm going to be talking with every one of the guests about is like how how they digest this stuff because everyone does it differently and everyone has their own kind of formula for making sure that they can uh, really obtain this stuff and make it stick. Because same thing for me if I go and read before or, bed. I can't books, remember it.
1: You listen to your books, Kevin. Do you listen to them at normal speed or faster speed? Uh,
0: usually it depends on the reader, to be honest. Usually yeah. it's like 1.5 to two times though.
1: Yeah. I know, uh, I know Eric Cressy and, and Mark Fisher yeah. to reference him again. Like they're, they're notorious for saying they listen to their books at three times speed yeah. and, uh, I can't do that. <laughs> I yeah. go with but you're right. Like the narrator does make a, a huge difference.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, – and maybe I will also kind of grade the, the narration as well for, for audiobooks because that is really important. If you have someone that's like really annoying to listen to, um, it's not going to be a very fun 10 hours. But um, the final kind of piece that I want to talk about uh, when it comes to this book is the final descriptor that is on the, the page for the book. Uh, at the core, smarter, faster, better are eight key concepts for motivation and goal setting to focus and decision making. That explain why some people and companies get so much done, drawing on the latest findings in neuroscience, psychology, and behavioral economics, as well as the experiences of CEOs, educational reformers, four-star generals, FBI agents, airplane pilots, and Broadway songwriters. This painstakingly researched book explains that the most productive people, companies, and organizations don't merely act differently. They view the world and their choices in profoundly different ways. So this is, I, I think this book for me, it just kind of popped up on Amazon. as like, you bought these books, you're probably going to like this book. And I always mm-hmm. try to say, like, keep an eye out for new stuff that pops up because I'm the crazy person that does two Audible books a month and I have Kindle Unlimited. So I'm always trying to like absorb as, as much as possible. And Uh, this book was really attractive because I'm really fascinated about, you know, productivity and creativity because for, for a lot of people, that's a real challenge. Um, creativity, especially like you feel like you need to be, you almost need to be born with it, but this is something that's talked about a lot in this book is actually, that's not something that is something that you're born with. It can absolutely Mm -hmm. be something that can be strengthened through exercises and through development.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely correct. Like there, I mean, I was there in the book itself with the, some of the, the pilots that they speak to, like mm. within, uh, in, uh, in reviewing a lot of like past, um, snafus with plane crashes, which terrified me. Like that chapter, yes. I was the whole time I'm reading it. I'm like, like I, part of it, I was reading while I was flying. I was like, Nope, I'm not reading that while I'm flying. <laughs> like mm. I'd put the book away, but, um, it's certainly like listening to the, well number one, listening to the transcripts of that what was it I think it was flight uh, air france four four seven yeah um just reading the transcript of what happened like and why it crashed, and you know the pilot like, what, what was going through the pilots like um, when they're communicating with each other and like people speculating like what he was going through in his head because he made some pretty drastic errors, um, but then what I found was very interesting is when they interviewed other pilots and um they, they went to a. I, I'm drawing a blank on the, the next pilot they interviewed that, but he also went through a plane like issue or, or plane crash. But he was one of those guys that prior to every flight, him and his crew, he would discuss them okay, what are we going to do if this happens? How are we going to react if this happens? Like he always planned ahead um, in trying to thinking about like that he wouldn't freeze and that he wouldn't. Um, you know, lose train of thought or, or do something, you know, that we looking back would be wrong. So um, and that actually helped him, uh, you know, not avoid a, a pretty, you know, horrible crash. Like the plane did have malfunctions and crash, but it was very interesting listening to him um, discuss the the drills that he used prior that that, that, that helped him and his crew get through that.
0: Well when we run through this uh, we 're going to really go chapter by chapter because that 's
1: oh I went ahead i 'm sorry kevin no 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 it's i 'm <laughs> just saying
0: like for for the audience like we 're going to kind of break this book down chapter by chapter but if you because if you look at the chapters are basically you know motivation uh, self motivation teams uh, focus goal setting uh, decision making mm-hmm. uh, excuse me innovation, and uh, absorbing data so there's there's kind of a perfect breakdown in terms of outline for the show. Uh what I will mention right now and, and reiterate again later is like this is gonna be so much of just like the surface of the book. We really can't go in depth and I don't want to because
1: Yeah, we don't want to spoil it.
0: Yeah, if, if if you are like find any of this stuff interesting, you're you're really gonna get the most benefit out of this by going in and getting the book yourself, whether it be on Audible or on Amazon. And as you may have seen the the videos before, this is now like a business. So I would really appreciate if you go to the show notes for this episode on fitcast.network. If you buy the book through the link that's in the show notes, Amazon will give me a kickback. You'll get the same great price. And same thing with Audible. If you go and click on the Audible link that's in the show notes, they will again send me a, a kickback. And I'll also probably mention already at the beginning of the show, there's going to be a special code that you can use for for Audible that will get you uh, maybe a discount. If I didn't mention it, I wasn't able to set it up on time. I apologize, but hopefully that will be in the future because it's going to be all about trying to give you guys great information, but also trying to back up the time that that we're putting into this to to make it happen, thank you, Tony, for not getting paid for it um, so let's 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 talk about first the structure of the book uh, before we get into anything else because this is i mean th- there's kind of a common formula these days for these books, right because you get uh, a couple different things in terms of like uh techniques or studies that were done, and then you get a bunch of stories that back all that stuff up right um, I found this book to be very story heavy like there were Mm -hmm. just like I almost felt like some of the information was like lost within the stories because there were so many uh, stories or examples and then uh, sometimes like there were just kind of a couple sentences about you know what you're actually like he was actually trying to display in those stories um, for the reader themselves I don't know if you felt that way at all but I just felt like Man, like, yeah, okay, I get it. Another story, and then you're jumping from story to story, back to the previous story, and I'm,
1: yeah, it's like that's the way each chapter is kind of laid out. Is there's like a main story yeah. about the concept, whether it's motivation or managing others or you know remembering data, whatever, um, and then he's describing like some of the psychology in there and the science in there, and then he'll stop, and then it'll break into like the sub story that's kind of that will kind of introduce the next part that he wants to talk about with that main story so I agree that there were there were chapters and parts in the book where you know I would kind of lose a little bit of interest but but also I felt there were there were a number of times where I fe- I did feel an enhanced the, the, the message in, 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 a, in, a, certain chapter, you know, just cause it, it added a little bit more context. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, so, and like I said, that was rare where I, where I felt like I was be, where I was getting bored. Cause I actually think that, um, you know, Charles is a, as a fantastic writer and he, and he, he, I, the stories kind of do keep me, keep me engaged, or at least they, mm-hmm. they help keep me engaged, but you're right. There were times where it was like, all right, I, I get the point. Let's move on.
0: Have you read extreme ownership? I've not okay. So, extreme ownership is a book that is somewhat similar in structure. You know, again, you, you you get some something that they're trying the point that they're trying to make, and then there's some stories to, to back up the point that they're trying to make. But uh, the crazy thing, and especially if you get like the audible version, like the stories about uh, you know the war in the Middle East, um, and the stories are riveting. Like they, yeah. they add so much entertainment to the book. Obviously, I mean it's it's uh It's suspense, right? So
1: I think uh, one of the first authors that I came across that did it very well, and I know I know he rubs some people the wrong way and they don't like it, but it is Malcolm Gladwell? Sure um, you know, he did it with the tipping point, which was like his first mega hit, and you know it was kind of that storytelling vibe where it's like hey i'm gonna I'm gonna toss out all this science and psychology and behavioral economics and mm-hmm. research. Because um, if you look at the back of any of these books, there's like a huge appendix. It's like they're referencing a, a lot of people and a lot of studies and a lot of whatnot. But, um, you know, but I, I, it, it's a skill for sure. And it, it definitely, uh, you know, if somebody does it well and they do it right, it, it, I feel like it just adds context and, and just kind of, you know, complements the story as a whole.
0: Well, let's talk about uh, motivation. And that's something that uh, I'm trying to also do in in part with like the Fitcast Life Fuel uh, show, where uh, that is something that people can really never get enough of. And that's part of the reasons why I'm constantly listening to books and I'm also listening to like podcasts uh, Mm -hmm. of entrepreneurs and and people that are doing things in terms of like productivity because the, it is, it's like, I think uh, my boss, Mike Boyle, like talked about it as fuel that gets depleted. Like you kind of need to keep recharging it. And these books can definitely do that. Um, in, in the book itself, uh, motivation is described as, uh, excuse me, triggered by making choices that demonstrate to ourselves That we are in control. Now, the specific choice we make matters less than the assertion of control. It's this feeling of self-determination that gets us going. This is a useful lesson for anyone hoping to motivate themselves or others because it suggests an easy method for triggering the will to act. Find a choice, Mm -hmm. almost any choice, that allows you to exert control. Uh, And later on, he's also talking about making sure that it is not like you're not kind of just making choices just to make choices like you're trying to make things up that you would make a choice on just to feel like you're in control of the situation like they should still be heavy important choices not just like all right well am i going to get up to go to the bathroom now or am i going to do it a minute and a half later like what, do, right. what am
1: i going to watch house of cars am i going to watch daredevil on netflix tonight like Part that's decision <laughs>
0: But the, the, the subject of, or the, should should say, the chapter uh, of motivation focused uh, mainly on the concept of internal locus of control, mm-hmm. uh, which is a belief that could influence uh, a belief that people could influence their destiny through the choices that they make. Internal locus of control has been linked with uh, academic success, highly self, uh, excuse me, higher self motivation, and social maturity lower instances of stress and depression and longer life span uh this is kind of the main focus of of the subject internal locus of control and i i can't remember if i've heard this in in previous books before is this a new concept to you
1: no i definitely heard it before and you know in particular you know being my wife who is uh you know, she's a psychologist. So Mm -hmm. she, she's, she's brought it up several times because there's internal locus of control and external locus of control. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but yeah, like internal locus of control is definitely, uh, something I've heard about before. And I can't like you, I can't recall which book I read it in, but it's definitely, it's definitely been tossed out there before. (laughs) So it is out there.
0: Well, this, this might help in the description a little bit. Uh, Internal locus of control is a learned skill. Uh, Carl Dweck, the Stanford psychologist who helped conduct the study, told me, most of us learn uh, it early in life, but some people's sense of self-determination gets suppressed by how they grow up or experiences they've had, and they forget how much influence they can have on their own lives that's when training is helpful. Because if you put people in situations where they can practice feeling in control, where their internal locus of control is reawakened, then people can start building habits that make them feel like they're in charge of their own Mm -hmm. lives. And the more they feel this way, the more they really are in control of themselves. So this is, you know, getting to the point, uh, getting to the previous point of like, you know, trying to make decisions like you feel like you're you're making decisions like you are in control of of kind of what's going on on a day to day basis. Like th- at least that's how I kind of interpreted it. and like making sure that you're in the position, whether it be professionally or you're putting yourself in uh, putting yourself in the position to make these decision decisions will actually empower you throughout the day and, and motivate you with what you're doing.
1: Yeah, and I, and this is a perfect example of. A part of this book, in particular, where I felt I could apply to, you know, my profession as a as a strength coach yes. okay, and as yeah. a personal trainer. Like I, you know, part of the battle with me is like most people, it's not an educational thing when mm-hmm. it comes. They know what they should be exercising. They know that they, they shouldn't be eating. You know, a bowl of cookies and cream ice cream before they go to bed if they want to lose some fat. Like, it's not an educational thing, but it definitely is a motivation and a habit based type of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly, time and time and time and time again, whether it's reading books like this or just experimenting on my own, when I start giving people a choice and having a little bit more autonomy. And in, in, in that internal locus of control, lo and behold, they like cool things start happening, and that's that may be something as simple as me saying like, "Hey, you know, we're we're gonna work out today. You got your choice. We're gonna squat. or We're gonna deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they have a choice, like, oh, you know, I want to squat today, then they're gonna be that much more motivated yes. to to kick, you know, crank it up a notch during their workout or work a little bit harder. I mean, you know, I'm, we're still gonna be getting some good work done, but it, just that little that little bit bit of uh, choice that
0: I give them makes a huge difference. Well, again, it feels like they're in control of what they're doing. Exactly. Um, I mean
1: I'm still coaching them, but I'm coaching them through something that they want to be doing.
0: I I was just going to say the same thing when it comes to conditioning for my middle school athletes. Like I'll give them the choice. All right, we're going to be doing shuttle runs or we're going to be doing slide boards today. And like you'll be amazed at how many – times they will say they want to do shuttle runs like they want to run they don't want to do slide boards and sometimes it's just because they want to do something different or if i say slide yeah. boards or you know push a sled like they're always going to be oh yeah i want to push the sled and immediately you not only you know let them feel like they're they're in control even though like yeah of course i want you to push sleds it's going to be awesome for you and then they're going to work harder you know what I mean? Like yeah, they are going to exactly. feel more yeah. ownership over Great. what they're doing and they're going to be more invested. So they're going to work harder. So um, I, I think the thing that I kind of had trouble with is how to apply this self, how, excuse me, how to apply this uh, personally, you know, um, like how do I put myself into a position to, you know, make a decision and then feel like I have more ownership over what I'm doing, like kind of making these decisions are. You know, does that make sense at all?
1: No, it does, and, and it definitely. It, it's one of those weird things, and I'm sure there's some kind of psychological term that where I'm trying to, I'm reading this stuff and trying to see how I can apply it to other people, mm-hmm. and I, and the last person I'm thinking about is myself.
0: Yes, that's <laughs> kind of how we are uh, as fitness professionals. It, 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 right, it
1: right. is. It totally is. And you know, I'm sure if I sat down for like ten minutes and like internalized it, it was like, okay, well you know what can i do like if i feel i need to motivate myself okay what type of choices am i going to give myself you mm-hmm. know and sometimes i mean if i look in the morning it's like okay i can either sit down and you know, write this blog post I want to write, or I can write these programs I need to write. So, mm-hmm. which one, you know, which one do I feel is going to give me kind of set me in the right motion as far as being productive? Great point. So, that might be something that, I mean, just off the top of my head, that would be uh, a way of doing that. But um, it is weird where I, I really think about it and how it can apply it to
0: other people and not so much myself. Uh, yeah, but I, I always think like, you know, I don't want to get in the situation where I'm artificially making. Decisions. You know what I mean? Like I'm artificially making choices throughout the day just so yeah. I could feel like I could make a decision where it makes more sense for me professionally with other people that I'm trying to help to again, it's it's to get that buy in, it's to give them that ownership of what they're doing.
1: Yeah. I agree.
0: Um also in this chapter talking about uh, self-motivation, which might help me out in this, in this context, Um, self-motivation in other words is a choice we make because it is part of something bigger and more emotionally rewarding than the immediate task that needs doing. Um, And this is self-motivation is again, going to be a heavy subject of the, the life fuel because uh, with self-motivation stuff, like, unfortunately, like we, we, kind of at, as we get older, like we almost kind of know too much. We know too much about mm. life. We know too much about what we can get away with and still be successful enough or make enough money or, uh, you know, uh, please people enough. You know, what is it going to be that thing that gets us to do a little bit extra, you know, smile at the, the barista as you get your coffee and say, thank you very much. Like, I really appreciate that or something yeah. like that. You know yeah. what I mean?
1: Yeah, being being kind to other people always helps too.
0: Do you do anything to motivate yourself? Do you feel like you still need to kind of like kick yourself Um, in the butt sometimes?
1: You know, I mean, sometimes it's really something. If I know I'm kind of like procrastinating, Mm -hmm. uh, like I'm watching, you know, a movie instead of doing work, or you know, it's like I know I have this much work I need to be doing, but I'm doing something else. I just really I I internalize. I'm like, okay, quit being an a hole, Tony. Like get to work <laughs> like, right. and sometimes that's all i need to just i just call myself out i mean but everyone's different i mean sometimes they you know going back to his original book you got to develop a different routine in order to develop yep. a new habit and you know so that's a plug for his previous book but um but yeah i mean sometimes it's just as simple as me like calling myself out it's like okay let's do like and maybe it, it could be something as simple as like you know you have all these apps that are on your phone or a computer where it's like you know, it's a 30 minute timer and mm-hmm. you don't have access to any social media for 30 minutes and you just do your work and be productive. Um, so sometimes that's what people need.
0: I actually have a couple playlists that are on my, my iTunes library that. Yeah, there you go. Um, like I have a 30 minute, a 60 minute. Uh, it's like playlist. Nora
1: Jones, right? Nora Jones.
0: Um, it's, <laughs> maybe, no, um, no, not quite <laughs> it's, uh, and, and what it is is like, it it is my timer where I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. well, I'm going to hit play. I'm going to put my headphones on and I'm going to do the work that I need to get done right now. And it's usually like, you no, know, we wake up in the morning, especially with like all the stuff that I do internationally now. Like I wake yep. up to tons of emails because there's stuff coming in from the West coast there's stuff coming in from Europe and Asia and stuff like that. So, uh, for me, it is super important that I need to get those emails done kind of first thing, even before I walk my dog, because I kind of look at it like, all right, well, let's throw, throw my headphones on. Immediately, I'm going to wake myself up. I'm going to improve my mood, because I'm not one of those people these days that like gets out of bed and just jumps right out like, yeah, I'm going to have an awesome day. Usually, yeah, no, I'm not like that, no. Yeah, so I, I throw in some like, good, upbeat music and then I have about, you know, 30 minutes or 60 minutes, depending on what that Gmail account looks like, get those emails done, at least the important stuff. And then I can go walk my dog and kind of get the rest of my day uh, going. But that's like one of the best ways to do it. Because I think like a timer, that makes sense. It's really cold, but you, you always want to try to figure out ways to enhance what you're doing to improve productivity. And if it's setting a routine, it's setting a routine. Yeah.
1: It's like, I I get asked all the time by uh, other coaches and and trainers when i go out and speak or whatever like how do you how, how do, do you write all. how do you write so much and yeah. still coach and still write for this art this magazine and still do this watch
0: jessica and, jones and still do
1: yeah and absolutely like how do you have the time to do all that and you know it's it's literally studying routine like in the mornings when lisa leaves to go to work at 8 a.m mm-hmm. door is shut and it's time to go to work like that you know i grab my spike and it's it's go time <laughs> and and that's my routine like i i from like 8 to 11 you know i go um maybe like actually from 8 to like 11 11:30 maybe 12 mm-hmm. well is when i go to work out i i'm writing i'm writing my blog i'm answering emails i'm writing programs that need to be written i'm hitting deadlines mm-hmm. for uh, whatever website or magazine needs content, whatever. And that's just my routine. Like I put my, I, I have a playlist as well. It's usually like a, a deep house, ambient, chill type yeah. of vibe music. And, um, I go at it and, uh, you know, that's just my routine. And then that's my routine for my day. Like some people are, are the opposite. Like, you know, some people are more creative at night and they can do most of their writing and stuff at night or be or do whatever they do at night. Like me, I I want to be in bed by nine o'clock. So yeah. it's like I'm, it's but yeah, the morning routine, that's it's just it really comes down to setting setting your routine that works for you.
0: This is so funny because this is kind of like turning into and I love it. It's like turning into a life fuel. So and and, and I uh, there's some other things I'm going to bring up throughout this, because like this, this book got a lot of ideas going uh, sure. in my head about, you know, about routine. And, and the the big thing with me is that routine is super important, but I think it is something that you don't want to have in stone. Like I think of my routine as a whiteboard, like it's mm-hmm. kind of written on there, but hell man, if I want to go for like an hour bike ride, like I bought a nice mountain bike and I'll go for like long bike rides just to like break up my day. It's nice. Yeah. Out. And yep. that's something you have to allow yourself the ability to do. Don't And especially if in the case of like social situations, like I will totally always like do my best if I can to drop a project to go do some social stuff because
1: like to go watch Deadpool with a good friend of yours. Right. (laughs) Totally. I mean, that's like, uh, that's what you and I did for the people listening. It's totally what we did. Kevin's like, Hey, you want to go see Deadpool? I'm like, yep.
0: Yeah. uh, (laughs) Man, that's, that's a hell of a movie. Um, so let's let's maybe transition because we're already like 30 minutes yeah. in and we're yeah. not, we're on the first chapter. Okay, so oh, yeah, we'll, we'll hustle.
1: We don't have to do every chapter. We can hustle. No worries. Okay,
0: well let's just we'll talk about we'll talk about the notes that I bring up. If there's anything that you want to add, bring it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, do it up. Okay, so the 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 chapter on teams is 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 very vital to to what I do now. Like working with, uh, of course, like what? Uh, yep. I mean, we have 22 full time coaches at MBSC. We have. Uh, like I basically kind of have uh, a group of coaches that that I work with for our certification stuff. So this chapter was something I made sure I was laser focused on because you know there's always better ways to do things in terms of like being creative and and, and producing content yeah. in a in a team setting. And uh, I, I'm always a sucker for Saturday Night Live uh, stories as yeah, well. Yeah, it was
1: fascinating. Yeah, um, it's very fascinating.
0: Yeah, like Lauren Michaels having basically a. Having the mindset where he wants to draw, he basically has to treat every single person that walks through that door, every single cast member as a unique individual that needs to be treated uniquely to get the most out of them and like literally almost being like, uh, like having a personality disorder, like having multiple personalities to, with everyone that he interacts with to try to get the most out of them, which was really cool. I don't think that's something I feel comfortable doing. Um, no, but because that's like a completely different environment, that is a purely creative environment where, yeah. And they
1: did it like that. Like the, the reason why they were so successful with the actors and the comedians and the writers, and even though they would like, they would butt heads quite a bit, you know, as far as like create like lines and who's doing what skits and whatnot, mm-hmm. the reason why they were so successful is they they all felt comfortable to criticize one another and they wouldn't take it personally. Right. Like, they're like, yeah, you know, they might say some really horrible things, but they knew that they were not to take it personally, and then they could just kind of turn the page and move on. And if you're, you know, as far as like what's relevant to you and I or anyone listening, it's like Mm -hmm. that's part of being productive is making sure that you're within a team that is going to allow you to, you know, be your best version of yourself. So um, I'm sure you, when you read it, you said yourself, like, with MBSC, like, you know, I'm sure all of you coaches are on the same page as far as like the philosophy and mm-hmm. the program design. And you kind of have to be. And that's why when I was at Krusty Sports Performance, same thing. Like all of us coaches were kind of all along, we we're all on the same page as far as our general philosophy towards training baseball players and training athletes, you know, other athletes of other sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, I mean, yeah, there's some autonomy, like we're all individual. We all kind of we're all able to build our own brands within a brand, and that's what made us successful too. Is that we yeah. could do that, where you know, where I, I think there are a lot of fitness professionals and probably in other industries as well, where people are, feel stuck, where they have to do everything for this one brand that they work for, and, and they can't be their own entrepreneur um, and do their own thing on the side because whoever they're, whoever, whatever umbrella they're under, mm-hmm. kind of puts a kibosh on that, where it's like, nope, you're not. You, we we don't want you to do that, and that that could totally hinder. You know, creativity and productivity and all it that. It
0: destroys the. Yeah. It, it destroys retention and it destroys the, the the building of of the people that that you're trying to work with. Like, you yeah. never grow if you just. I've heard, basically, I've heard
1: horror stories yeah, of yeah. of of trainers that have I've that I've talked to or worked mm-hmm. with where you know, they've worked for other facilities where they're like, no, we don't want you to have your own website. We don't want you writing anything on your own that doesn't include yeah. like our name. You know, and that's so closed minded. Um it's 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 insecurity, Tony. It, it's of, it's of I don't I don't get it. Yeah. And uh, you know, so yeah, of course anyone who's in that environment is not going to be uh well suited to, you know, shoot up the ladder or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. But uh but if yeah, if you're if you're within a team where you are able to kinda blossom on your own and build your own little thing um, and be you and, and, and feel comfortable and realize that there's going to be some, you know, positive criticism. And, um, uh, you know, that, that's, that makes, that's a game changer.
0: And I I'm so happy that I found myself like nodding my head, a lot of the stuff that that was being written and be like, Oh my God, thank God. Like that's Mike Boyle. Like he, Uh he is, uh, like almost i haven't even noticed but he is he's been a, a great leader in terms of giving power away and sure. uh you know finding people that he can trust in the business where like uh like i run a bunch of the businesses through out, out of MBSC, but also at the same time like this FitCast network stuff n- He's in full support. Like, yeah. he, that's the reason why I have the job there. And there's
1: some there that if you were doing that with some – if you were doing this with, with, in another situation, they would have put this – like they would have said no a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's so Or absurd. you can't do both. You can't Yeah, it's do so both. absurd, yeah. Because yeah. you're only – you're building your brand but you're – in a lot of ways, I'm sure, Kevin, like Mike would agree, you've helped build MBSC's brand too. Sure. Like with that. So any, any gym owner or uh, fitness manager that doesn't see that – Um, uh, I, I just, I can't wrap my brain around it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's again, like you, you see what successful people are doing and it's just like, you know, with Mike or with Eric or, or whoever in the industry, like you see these successful coaches, it's, you know, a lot of times it's because they're, they're great at what they do, but also they have great teams around them that are helping them make all of it possible. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and there's a couple notes that I wrote down, this specific block quote. Um, teams need to believe that their work is important. Teams need to feel their work is personally meaningful. Teams need clear goals and defined roles. Team members need to know they can depend on one another. But most important, teams need uh, psychological safety. To create psychological safety, Bach uh, said, team leaders needed to model the right behaviors There were Google design checklists they could use. Leaders should not interrupt teammates during conversations because they will establish an interrupting norm. They should demonstrate that they are are listening by summarizing what people say after they said it. They should admit what they don't know. They shouldn't end a meeting until all team members have spoken at least once. They should encourage people who are upset to express their frustrations and encourage teammates to respond in non judgmental ways like if you follow this stuff like that is that's a fully functional team that is not like this may be another book that should be on the show uh five dysfunctions of a team um but that sounds like a badass group and yeah it's something like even if you're just not doing one of those like if not everyone's having their voice included is a huge mistake like that is if you watch our staff meetings at NBSC, like we basically have two people that write the programs for like the, the, the athlete program and the adult program. But what we do is we put them up on the projector and we allow everyone to give their input on like what they think of, of everything that's going on. And it's like a really good open environment and, for people. And to of
1: course, people. that is, a, that is a, a great way that everyone feels involved in the process. Yeah, so, you get – and again, they're going to be more right? – yeah, and they're going to be more uh, in tune with the coaching and they're going to they're gonna have more of a um, – a positive vibe towards, mm-hmm. you know, doing well when they're doing the, when they're actually doing the coaching.
0: And I, I found like, uh, when, when thinking about this more, like I am way better creatively when I am working in a team. Like I hmm. obviously like I do a lot of stuff on my own. If you've noticed like the work that I've done, but, um, you bet your ass, like I am talk like I talk to you on the phone. I talked to like Jen Sinkler on the phone. I talked to Mark Fisher on the phone, Brian Patrick Murphy, Lee Peel. Like I call and, and talk to these people to, you know, make sure like I'm not insane. Like it is so important to, to be uh, a part of a team creatively for me um, that this is uh this was a really important chapter for me. And that's why I have two more pages of notes from this chapter, but I'm not going to read them because again, we won't have time. Chapter two is a big one. Chapter two is a big one um, <laughs> because I mean, unless you're just working by yourself, if you're an independent contractor, like that is the only situation where you're not going to be in a, in a team environment. And even like, If everyone's not on the same level in the team, you have to make sure that that environment, like as a leader of that team, it needs to kind of follow those criteria to make sure that it is the best possible. You can get the best possible result of of what you're trying to solve or what you're doing. Uh, Let's talk about focus. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the the big thing that I took out of this is, again, uh, make like thinking, all right, well, when, when am I? Best focused. When one of my uh best at, at what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh this chapter was, I believe, the uh I may be I believe this is the I mean, look, I believe this is the focus was, was this the Annie Duke chapter talking about No,
1: it was not. This was uh the focus one was on uh uh Air France flight four four seven and the pilots and Right. All that. It was the most terrifying chapter ever. What did you take out of it? Um that flying is horrible <laughs> <laughs> that there will be
0: no all, all future tony general corps seminars will be in I boston mean,
1: and yeah i mean and i do a fair amount of traveling now and i still like every time like there's a little shimmy or shake in the plane i'm like oh Same crap, way, man. um and i can't sleep on a plane but uh but yeah no it just it just it just uh you know i think there a lot of what this chapter talked about especially with pilots is how um a lot of the flying flying processes is, is very much automated now, mm-hmm. to the point where a lot of pilots have gotten into a bad habit where they aren't focused. They're just kind of like there, and they're not paying attention, and, and they start doing, they they start re, re, rescinding to these default patterns that mm-hmm. don't make any sense. Especially once something does happen and something goes awry in the flight, and then to the to the point where they're paralyzed because they're they're just they're not focused at all. So that's what I was referring to earlier when I said, okay, there's this whole story about flight four four seven which is the flight that crashed into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. Um and you know 2 years later they found the black box and it's it's I'm not going to even go into it cuz it, it is it is actually fascinating to read. Um but then they interviewed other pilots and, and people who went over the the transcript of the black box and like and this this other um flight that that had a uh, a major malfunction and and this pilot was the one I referred to earlier where he had a, a dialogue with him and his team prior It's like okay you know, I want you to envision this happening. What mm-hmm. would you do if this happened? What would you do if this happened? Um, and he, he had a more focused uh, approach. So then when something actually did happen and they describe it in the book, like, you know, no one died, right. you know, it could have been way, 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 way. worse, And it was a very serious thing, but um, so yeah, that's kind of, that, that's one of the examples in that chapter on, fo- on focus.
0: Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep us going along and, and talk about because I think the the big things that people uh, are going to get out of this is, is not just the um, that the stuff that we talked about uh, before in terms of motivation, but also goal setting. Like that's a really yeah. hot topic, and and what we're doing as as fitness professionals or just like people in general that want to get stuff done and. Yep not feel like they're they're going nowhere. So um, let's make sure we spend some time on, on goal setting. And this is uh, a lot of stuff that I've been talking about with people like uh, Coach Stevo and uh, people that are really trying to figure out like a really good system for setting goals and then making sure that you're putting yourself on the right path to obtain those goals. Um, and that's the first thing that uh, I wrote down was make obtainable goals. Like they did that one... Uh, exercise where they were going to try to have people run 200 meters in like 10 seconds or whatever it was. And then it was literally impossible. So people kind of didn't work as hard, but when they were going to have some, uh, have that same group run a hundred meters in 10 seconds, I might have the numbers wrong. I apologize. But, um, The times went up. Yeah. Their times or went up. Their what, speed went, went up.
1: Yeah. That's what I meant. They're like, they had a better time comparatively yeah. speaking.
0: Yeah. So they're actually like, they're I guess you would call it like miles per hour or, you know, meters per second time actually went up because it was something that was more obtainable. It was a more realistic goal. Yeah, sure, it probably wasn't going to happen, but it was something that was at least more plausible in their mind. And, you know, that's the point of making obtainable goals. Like I hear a lot of people say stuff like, make, make the most lofty goals. Maybe you'll get close to it. But I think that may be something that doesn't make a lot of sense because if you think it's literally impossible like if i was going to say tony i'm going to run and and be the next president of the united states next term um that's probably not going to happen right no <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe I could you get there. my vote, Kevin. You
1: would get my vote.
0: Thanks. I could. I I'd run on the platform of uh, free deadlifts,
1: deadlifts and detoxes. Yeah,
0: free free uh, gym memberships and programming from Tony yeah. General oh for yeah. everyone
1: okay. in the country. Of course, of
0: course. Um, we'll run on a, a multi platform thing. So, I mean, this is this is vital for us because we're always helping people set goals and then uh, obtain them. But also, we're doing it personally. Uh, as well, so um, I don't know. If you want to jump in and talk about it? Yeah, the I itself. think
1: I think you know you know closing out that chapter. I, of course, a lot of the chapter was discussing attainable goals. The 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 acronym SMART:
0: smart goals, yep.
1: specific,
0: measurable, achievable, yeah, all, all that realistic. We have all, all
1: heard that. Yep. Um, which that was a big portion of the chapter. What I thought was kind of cool was the when they started talking about stretch goals. Um, yeah. Where. Yeah, you can have all these smart goals, but at the same time, you can up the ante even more and make and collaborate that with a stretch goal, um, where you where you where you purposely kind of shoot for the stars, and you're like, okay, this is going to happen. Um, and they found they use a, a few examples in the chapter specifically with GE. Uh, and Jack Welch, and um, yes, you know awesome they, they 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 talked about like how he he set the and and we can even they didn't talk about it in the book, but we can even say like Steve Jobs and Apple, like how he's like, yeah, I'm gonna put a thousand songs in your pocket, and that that's a stretch goal, and yeah. you know like and with, with Jack Welch and GE, he gave his his engineers a stretch goal. Like, Hey, I want production. I want errors like reduced by 70%. Mm-hmm.
0: Um,
1: you know, and they're like, uh, that can't happen. Like within three years or something like that, like that can't happen. And he set the mark, which was a stretch goal and they made it happen. And, and um, that
0: almost sounds like contradictory to what I yeah, was just talking about yeah. a couple yeah. minutes ago, but exactly. uh, maybe which is what not- I
1: thought was cool. Like, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like you have like this big spectrum. Um, and you know, so it's, yeah the smart goals are cool attainable goals are fine but sometimes but i think the the message is some people do better with a stretch goal Mm -hmm. where they're going to be more motivated and and productive by really like uh, going for that stretch goal you know i and and it's a stretch goal but it still is attainable. it's not like hey we're gonna it's not it wasn't like out of the blue like totally not possible but it was just You know, they do a better job in the books of explaining it. But let me give
0: you – I'll give you some context uh, because I – this is something that stood out to me as well. So I copy and pasted it. Uh, Stretch goals uh, serve as as jolting events that disrupt complacency and promote new ways of thinking. A group of researchers wrote in Academy of Management Review Business Journal in 2011. By forcing a substantial elevation in collective aspirations, stretch goals can shift attention to possible new futures and perhaps spark interested – Energy in the organization. They thus can prompt uh, exploratory learning through experimentation, innovation, broad search, or playfulness. This is an important caveat uh, to the po- – excuse me. This is uh, actually separate from this, but this, I want to put this in there as well. Um, so this is an important caveat to the power of stretch goals, however. Studies show that if a stretch goal is audacious, it can spark innovation. It can also yep. cause panic and convince people that uh, success is an, is impossible because the goal is too big. There's a fine line between ambition that helps people achieve something amazing and one that crushes uh, morale. So it's very much like a bell curve when mm-hmm. it comes to uh, – making stretch goals so you want to make it it has to be realistic it can't be unrealistic it needs to be something that could be plausible but maybe it is just a a, a loftier goal than just playing it safe
1: so i am going to make i'm going to go on the record and make a stretch goal for myself right now okay and i'm going to say my stretch goal is at some point if he continues in to play the role i am going to train matt damon for a jason bourne movie okay so if anyone is like – if there's any degree of separation in Hollywood listening to this podcast, Bo- Tony's in Boston. Okay. Matt Damon's originally from Boston. Oh, it, it he, makes sense. If he wants to train to get ready for a Bourne movie but still be in Boston, I'm, I'm your man. Let's do this.
0: So what's uh, – is the next thing going to be in like a nursing home? Is that uh, what it is? Yeah, mean right. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll be real. Matt Damon looks really good.
1: Like, yeah. I, mean, I know. Whoever worked with him last time did an amazing job but you know, like I, I will, let's do this, Matt.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> the, well, I'll send it to whoever his people are. Um, so, uh, a couple of the things that I wrote down, um, in terms of goal setting, uh, is important for forecasting the future, uh, and overthinking is something to, to consider, um, and predicting possible, uh, futures is also something that, uh, um, excuse me, decision-making is a completely different chapter.
1: I yeah, remember. that's a, yeah, it's a different one. That's that, a check, was, yeah. that
0: was that was Annie Duke poker story.
1: Yeah, let's just go to that one then. Let's okay, just go ahead and just, we, I mean, we don't have to do every chapter. Let's. Just, I mean, yeah, you're right, you're just, right. Just, go, just go. to the big the big rocks you want to hit.
0: Okay. Um. Well, I mean, this this chapter was was tough because really all I got out of it was like. You know, you need. To-
1: I like it. Of I don't understand poker.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, poker is a I, very I, complicated looked, game. I looked
1: at the cards that he showed. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the the big points that they're trying to get across is like you have to predict possible futures, and yes. um, what you don't want to do, and this is something that a lot of people do that paralyzes them when it comes to decision making, is that you know. And this is like, again, it's contradictory to me. This is why like this was, this part was not like super useful. And, and again, maybe it was just how I was digesting it, but um, like they were making the point of you need to forecast uh, possible futures, but, and, and predict possible futures and think of which is going to be the most plausible outcome with the data that you have. But this could potentially also lead to overthinking. And then you can become paralyzed with overthinking and not mm-hmm. actually even make a decision whatsoever. Um, so, so what did you take from, from that chapter?
1: Um, yeah, it, saying, yeah I agree. Like did, no, they, it, they, did, they used Annie Duke, like when she won the world series of poker, I forgot when she won it. I think it was like 2010, 2011, um, to nothing. I don't know when it was like not too long ago, yeah. but they used her as an example where she, she, they interviewed her and she went over her inner dialogue as far as like what the other person's hand was like, what was this? What she was like over. You know, she had to like train herself to get over that hump. Like she would overanalyze everything and it would paralyze her. And then she had to kind of teach herself a different dialogue um to overcome that. And um and then eventually, you know, she won. Not to be a spoiler alert, but she won. But but the the story in itself like is is, you know, cool. But um but I thought another cool thing was that uh you know he discussed in that same chapter how it's important to um Talk to people who have failed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: not just talk to people who have succeeded, so um you know, cause like he even said like you know entrepreneurs are very good at or are, are very good and conscious at the risk of talking to people who who succeed only like they understand like if you if you really want to do well and and succeed yourself that it is important to talk to people who have. Who have failed and 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 what their trials and tribulations were so you know if someone's thinking about opening up a gym or changing careers mm-hmm. or anything of that nature you know it is kind of don't just talk to the people who have been very successful that you want to talk to the people who struggled and you know who maybe didn't do so well and and discuss like what what they uh what barriers they came across so um you know that that i thought that was kind of an important point to um to consider
0: Let's, um, let's finish up with the chapter on innovation. Okay. It's, this is uh, the, the book that I read, and I probably should have pulled it up in front of me. I don't know if you, if you read this book. It's another um, book about Pixar. It's actually from uh, Ed Catmull, uh, who, who worked at Pixar, and, and Amy Wallace, um, called Creativity Inc. Have you read this? No, I've not. Oh, it's a badass book by Get Creativity Inc. I'm gonna, and then I can get you back on the show to talk about it. Okay. Um, Because this is all about the inner workings of of Pixar and their creative environment and the culture that they put together. Because clearly, I don't know if you checked out a Pixar movie lately, but every one that comes out breaks the previous record for the most money ever made. Uh, Yeah, Inside Out was awesome. Inside Out, Frozen. uh, And Frozen was the subject that was used. Well, Frozen's not a Pixar movie. It's a Disney movie.
1: Yeah. Were you talking Disney or Pixar? Well, I, can, I think they're it's one the of the same thing. Okay. Got you. Okay. Never mind then. Okay.
0: Um, <laughs> just, I don't know if you looked around lately, but Disney owns everything. I yeah. They own my doing, house. They're doing, they're doing pretty well. Um, but, but innovation is something that I'm, I, I love reading about because again, I always think like I'm not creative enough, even though like when I look back, I'm like, oh yeah, I created all this, like all these oh. podcasts and like all this like stuff. Yeah. Okay. I have some creativity, but I don't see myself as someone that could like, I'm jealous of the creativity that comes out of people that like write movies and write TV shows and are artists and, and things like that. Um, so that's why I'm constantly reading about creativity. And actually, yeah. uh, the, the last podcast that I just recorded right before this, um, was, uh, a episode of, we are recording, uh, with Muhammad Tahir, which is, uh, you'll hear in a couple of weeks, I guess. But, um, he recommended, uh, design is a job, uh, which is another book that I'm going to check out all about, uh, from like designers. Uh, so I'm just going to mention that right now because it was on the top of my head, but anyways, the, uh, section is on innovation and the, my, the number one take home point for, for me, um, was how important environment is for creativity. And even if you're by yourself, um, I do my best work when I'm out of my house, <laughs> uh, because, yeah, that's
1: actually, I'm, I'm kind of the same too.
0: Well, it's like, and when you get out of that, it's, it's a change in environment, a change in environment is a refresher. It is like a breath of literal fresh air that allows you to go into another environment, like a coffee shop or a restaurant, or, you know, sometimes I'll actually just take my car and I'll drive down to the beach and I'll just kind of sit by the ocean with my laptop and, and do work there, whether it be like writing or writing outlines for shows and stuff. And, um, that That is something that is such an easy thing to do, like even if it's getting out of my house and going two miles down the street or one mile down the street and have a completely different environment, it allows me to kind of just get a a a new look at, at things, kind of like a look in a different light um and it's just like more exciting to be out of the house sometimes mm-hmm. and just being in the same environment that you're in all day uh if you're working from home
1: no, I agree like i there's times where I just had to get out of my apartment and walk down to Panera and, and mm-hmm. write an article or do whatever. Just a yeah, change of environment is huge.
0: This is uh, this is a quote that kind of backs it up. Uh, Creativity can't be reduced to a formula. At its core, it needs uh, novelty, surprise, and other elements that cannot be planned in advance to seem fresh and new. There is no checklist that, if followed, delivers innovation on demand. Uh, and Ed Catmull, uh, again, the, the writer of Creativity Inc., um, was quoted for in in this book as well. Uh, Creativity is just problem solving. Once people see it as problem solving, it seems it stops seeming uh, like magic because it's not. Brokers uh, are just, and this is innovation brokers, which is a concept in the book. Um, are just people who pay more attention to what problems look like and how they've uh, been solved before. People who are most creative. Are the ones who who have learned that feeling scared is a good sign. we have, uh, we just have to learn how to trust ourselves enough to let the creativity out. It's a badass quote. Yeah. That's uh, sick. And that's what like almost makes me feel good about uh you know, with this this whole like network thing of like being scared is like drawing kind of the best stuff out of me, like to the point where even recording that announcement video like new ideas for podcasts were popping into my head. Um,
1: yeah, you crushed that video, by the way.
0: Thanks. Well, that was, it was uh third take. Didn't three <laughs> takes. Um, and it, the, the, the second take just had bad audio. So I had to redo the audio for it. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, that was why. But uh, yeah, so it, it it's a fear. And this is this is something that I'm going to talk, and this is getting kind of confusing, but uh, also in Life Fuel, I'm going to try to talk to Georgia Dow about fear. Uh, she's a psychotherapist. And the concept of fear and how we can uh, make sure it doesn't paralyze us, but we can also use it to our advantage um, for creative purposes or even for motivational purposes um, because it's, it's an instinct that we have through evolution. Like it's an important thing to have as a human being, uh, but making sure that we don't let it paralyze us and instead uh, how could we potentially use it for our benefit. So that's that. Um, I don't know. What do, you, what, do you, what do you got in terms of innovation?
1: There's one – there's one uh, quote or idea that I got from the chapter that resonated with me um, and that was the whole concept of this quote. um, It said a lot of the people we think of as exceptionally creative are essentially intellectual middlemen. Um, Which I – that quote right there, just that one sentence resonated with me because me myself, like I – you know, I, I'm not an, I don't feel I'm an innovator. Like I don't come up with these cool new exercises or cool mm-hmm. new ideas. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I definitely am more of a, a middleman where I can take those concepts, whether it's PRI or mm-hmm. how to break down the deadlift or how to assess someone's squat pattern and just kind of like water it down a little bit and kind of word vomit it to, to everyone else. And mm-hmm. which is a skill in and of itself. But, you know, I always look at people like, you know, Eric, and Ben Bruno and Brett yeah. Contreras and you know Mike Boyle and Mike Robertson and guys who are like always coming up with like these cool ideas and cool concepts. But at the heart of it, like they're middlemen too. Mm-hmm. You know, like they nothing is new in this industry, and on like and just as the same as it isn't new in any other industry. And um, so it just it, would, it just helped me kind of feel like okay, I'm not so much of a fail as I think I am. <laughs> like you know, I'm a little bit more innovative. Uh, than I give myself credit for totally um, so I just thought that was just a quote that resonated with me with, in that chapter
0: and uh again, like we 're kind of sprinting through this is a this is a ten hour audiobook that we basically talked about for forty minutes. we could have like
1: um, read a chapter and I then know it's
0: time um, went off <laughs> and, and like I said, I have a bunch of other quotes in front of me, but the last thing I want to do is just read a bunch of quotes to you guys um, and again with, with a lot of this stuff and this will make sense when, when I come down to, to my review, which I think I mentioned before, the problem that I'm having right now is, you know, Tony into the audience right now, I want to talk to you for a second. Um, I've recorded like 14 podcasts in the last three days. Uh, so my, (laughs) my brain is just like, who have I talked to? What did I say this on? So, um, we're going to score these books out of five star ranking, uh, four to five stars, no half star, excuse me, uh, out of five stars, no half stars. And, um, I want to kind of, you know, give people an honest review of this stuff just so they can decide if it is worth picking up. Um, so there's more to this book that we didn't touch on. And hopefully we're, we're still kind of or I should say I'm feeling out how to do this show. So maybe this this will be a little bit or, more organized next time. I just don't know how to. No, make this it is free- the perfect
1: show, Kevin. People are going to rave about this episode
0: i i hope so i all i would say is like if you feel like man like i i don't know just just be patient listen to to a couple weeks and and uh hopefully things will will get better i don't think this is a bad episode i think it's just no, i'm it, always
1: we rambled it's all right but that's all right though we're we're very passionate about the topic
0: i am and i'm and i'm very i'm always concerned about the quality of the shows but that's uh that's for another time but uh Tony, again, you, you read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. What 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 score would you give this? If account? I had
1: to give it a star rating, nor, I would have gone with barbells. So I'm going to go with stars. <laughs> I would give it. <laughs> I would. Uh, I would give it a four out of five. I, I think it's a solid, okay. solid book. And uh, you know, like I said, I like. I did. I did like the way he broke down like the big umbrella themes with each chapter and, and give like little stories in different contexts and give a gives you a little bit of a different flavor and vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it rambles a little bit but again like as part of like what you and I do as far as our career uh as trainers and as coaches and part of like part of a big portion of what we have to do is motivate people and learn behavior and get them to you know do behavior changes and changing habits like this book is very very relevant so um you know definitely I and I feel a 4 out of a 5 stars is uh is a solid pick and something that um a lot of people will get a lot of good information from it's not over our heads like it's, it's not scientific. It's not like quoting research, you know, like I don't like if I start reading books like that, I, I forget what I read after a page. And this, yeah. this book did keep me engaged. So, um, a solid four out of five stars.
0: Um, it, so, um, this is, again, this is, I'm, I'm going to be a harsh reviewer, man, because this is, I, I think people's time is super important. And I think their audible credits or like, you know, the 15 bucks is super important. And, um, even if i give this book you know not a perfect score doesn't mean it's not worth reading i think i think for everyone they're gonna have like kind of a different view on this stuff but i'm gonna give it three out of five and i'm gonna tell you exactly why um i i think the information in the book is valuable um but i i think I, th- I think for me personally the the problem that i had with it was that it was so kind of story heavy that i thought some of the main take-home points were kind of lost and uh like sometimes they're like, well, what is this chapter actually about? Like, why am I listening to this story of, uh, you know, the flights or Annie Duke's story or, uh, the, the, the Disney Pixar stories made uh, a lot more sense. But, uh, I think, I think for me, what, what I like to get is just kind of really like rock solid, not laser focused, but I need to be able to not just have entertaining stories. Um, I like to make sure that I have a lot of stuff to take away from it because, like I said, that's 10 hours of time that I could be putting towards something else. Um, so the points were kind of lost sometimes with how many stories that were mixed in and the jumping back and forth between stories. Not the format that I enjoy the most. Um, but I will say, like, I think if you haven't checked out the the other book that Charles has written, uh, The Power of Habit, I think you should absolutely go there first. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's a much, uh, that's a much better piece to start with. Um, and then, you know, if, if you like that, jump onto this book because they're kind of similar as you can definitely tell the tone is, is similar. But, um, for me, like, yeah, again, like I, I liked it. I didn't love it is, is what I, it was I no,
1: tell. it was no fast and furious for you.
0: No, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, they, they had faster in it, but it, it should have been smarter, fast and furious.
1: God, it should have been furiouser.
0: Right, um, and, and that, <laughs> Now, like, and like I said, like hopefully, this isn't a detriment, and it isn't a determinant. Uh, excuse me, uh, a determinant from is that the right word from making you go pick this book up?
1: A determinant, yeah, or yeah, I think so.
0: Maybe I don't know. I'm not a wordsmith, and again, I've been talking all day. So, the the thing that I would mention uh, is that if it does intrigue you, what the worst thing that can happen is that you drop $10 on a book and you're going to pick up a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you're going to
1: pick something up. You a, Any book, you're going to pick something up.
0: And, and the thing that I can promise down the road is I will never cover a book on this show that I don't find value in um, because there's no point in us talking. So we're not, you're,
1: you're never going to review Fifty Shades of Grey or anything like that?
0: No, because what? what's the <laughs> point of just saying like, and the last thing I want to be is a podcast of like, yeah, this book's bad. Like that made no sense. And like, there was a big waste of time. Right, like, right. Why, why would that benefit the audience for listening to that from, for an hour? But maybe even just listening to this podcast, give you a couple ideas of like things that you could do to, you know, make your life better, help your clients out.
1: Well, you referenced five other books that people should check out too. So I know. that's um, gonna be, that's a, a value too.
0: Yeah. and and And, and again, it's, it's. Hopefully, just giving you some information, some jumping-off points, and if uh, what I want to do down the road is give people a little bit of uh, leeway time and, and give people the schedule for the future books, so that way you can read them ahead of time. And I, what I want is for you to submit your major take-home points uh, uh, to yeah, the show. Good idea. So at the end, I can be like, you know, uh, Tony from Boston said that you know his favorite part was when uh, he kissed the princess and the princess woke up. Um, that was his favorite, so she,
1: she did more than wake up,
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay, so <laughs> uh, that, that, that's what I'm looking to do, and again, I, I appreciate everyone uh checking this show out, the Fick Ass Book Club. And uh, there's gonna be a lot of books to go through because we're gonna do one every other week. I'm looking at my whiteboard that has books like The Charisma Myth, uh, with Jill Coleman, that's gonna be coming up. I'm doing uh, I'm doing uh, What's the obstacle is the way with Nick Winkleman? Like, these are some Ooh, badass good. people and some badass book. Uh, I mean, Tony, you should probably come on to talk about Everyone, Everybody Writes. Um, that's a
1: good book. Which one, though? No, there's two. Oh, wait. That's with, um, uh, what's the last name again of the author?
0: Uh, I forget. She was very it's nice. It's a female. It's a
1: female author. Yes. Yeah. It, I love that book. Um, I love this so much. I forgot the author's name.
0: Yeah, and uh to sell as human, like there's a lot of great books out there to to cover and that's gonna be good to uh discuss on this show. Uh Dan Harris's book, Ten Percent Happier, is really, really good. Uh talking about meditation and and things like that. So lots of uh lots of great books and lots of great people are gonna be coming up on this show. And I hope you uh, are able to check in, whether it be someone that uh does not have the time to check out these books and you just wanna like a quick rundown and summary, or someone that is looking for new books to to pick up and you're just looking for some good ideas and hopefully we can convince you to pick up some. If you do, go to Fitcast.network and go to the top of the website, click on the Fitcast book club page. You're gonna get access to all the episodes on there. And you'll see links for the uh, all the books in the show notes. And that way, uh not only are you gonna get a great deal on Amazon, but you're also gonna kick a little bit Back, I think it's like five percent or something like that. It's not a lot, but if a lot of people do it, it actually does become significant in uh, helping me make this network run. Because not only is it uh, a lot of work, it's also uh, a lot of money. Because we are, I'm literally going from two shows to five shows, so it's a lot more money, bandwidth-wise too. It's a lot of fun starting a new business, Tony.
1: Yeah. Oh well. Yes. It's. uh, I'll be. I'll be right behind you in maybe two weeks. So I'm going to keep my lips shut on that, but. (laughs) Oh yeah. Big spoiler alert.
0: Oh no. Well, they, <laughs> we'll
1: talk, we'll talk after we, after we uh, sign off. Kevin. Okay.
0: Uh, well that's going to do it for this episode of the Fitcast book club. You can check out, uh, Tony at Tony Right.
1: Yes. that That is home base. Everything blog, social media, pictures of my cat, everything.
0: Awesome. And, uh, like I said, go to Network. You can follow, uh, everything that is going on over there. And I hope if you've checked out this show, uh, you also check out some of the other new shows because there's shows like, uh, Fitcast Life Fuel. That's all about motivation and helping people do what they want to do, giving them the advice that they need and helping with stories of other people. Also, are we recording, which is really all about, uh, incredible personal stories of people of how they got to where they are today, obstacles, things like that. And, uh, of course, there's the Cast on Monday, which is kind of the best show ever. <laughs> and then there's uh, Back in My Play on Friday, which is all about uh, old video games, which is also uh, a blast if you've ever played video games growing up and you want to hear some people discuss that and reminisce. So check all that stuff out. A lot of stuff going on on the network. It's a busy, busy time right now. So uh, thank you, everyone, for your support and for helping get this thing off Uh, the runway and let's hope we stay in air for a little bit and if we need to come back down we have our checklist to make sure we do it correctly. Thanks Tony Thanks a lot, I appreciate it